0: Gratitude, that's my everyday attitude, gratitude,
1: gratitude. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Really special guest today. Her name is Lisa Jacobs. And she, how I found out about her, how we connected was through Instagram. Um, For those of you that have been following me, you know, I played in the NFL and I left. uh, When I left and retired, I decided to uh, live in a van and live this alternative lifestyle and started creating a following and engaging with people on social media. And so I started following other van lifers and uh, Lisa was someone I came across and was just following her from a distance, uh, for a while, just, you know, learning from her and the way she's showing up and sharing her story. And, uh, to be honest, didn't really know a ton about her backstory, uh, until this podcast, which is really cool. Um, but we actually connected in Sedona when we were on the road, uh, last year and she was putting together a, uh, excuse me, a documentary film about van lifers. And so, I know it's a huge topic that a lot of people are interested in, um, you know, living this alternative lifestyle. I think there's just some lure of excitement of what it must be like. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of quote unquote influencers and we, we kind of dive into the challenge of social media and the, the inner struggle that comes with, creating content, um, engaging an audience and creating community and and really showing up to be of service in that way, but how much of an emotional mental toll it takes to show up in that way constantly. And we talk a little bit about, you know, social media and collectively how that's, how that's kind of shaping our world. And, um, you know, Lisa shares a a, a little bit about her backstory. She actually went to school to be a lawyer and, um, decided to become a creator of her reality and entrepreneur. And she's just amazing the work that she's doing. And, She's very much on the path. And I think it's really cool. We start discussing uh, the unanswerable questions of the universe and spirituality and God. And I know a lot of you listeners know that this is what this podcast is all about. And I thought it was really cool to talk to her um, She, while she's very much still in process uh, of the experience of discovering herself. And I think we all are, right? Like we are on this journey if we're alive then we are very much continuing to uncover deeper and deeper layers of who we are and what this experience is all about. And that's kind of the intention behind this podcast. And um, she called in from Mexico city. She is a wonderless soul. She travels a ton. And so the internet is a little bit choppy, but I think you guys will, will get through it. I think if you're watching on YouTube um, there's the, the video is a little bit choppy, but the sound still comes through. Um, I hope it's not too disturbing and I hope you guys really enjoy this episode Uh, with Lisa. And before we get started with the episode, um, I have just wanted to let you guys know those that have been supporting this podcast and want to support in a deeper way, you know, and by deeper, I mean, financially um, I've started a premium feed um, where I'm providing extra content, including extended episodes and this is one of those episodes where I asked Lisa what her secret to the universe is. And we kind of jam for another 10, 15 minutes afterwards I actually share uh, some of my inner child work, which is really exciting. Um, if you feel called to support this podcast financially, it's just $7 a month. That's uh, the amount of a latte at Starbucks, I believe. And it really helps uh, go a long way in helping the back end, the team um, support this you know, whole thing financially because it's not just me recording these episodes. There's a lot of work that goes into this and I'm continuing to try to build this out so I can provide more um, content to all of you. And so if you feel called to support in that way, you will get extra content and access to these extended episodes. It's really easy. There's a link in the show notes. Go check it out a couple steps, you'll get your own premium feed. You'll get a lot of extra content from me, solo casts, access to live podcasts and extended episodes. And it'll just go straight to your feed. There's nothing else you have to do except sign up. And I really appreciate the support. If you don't feel called to support financially and you don't want access to these extended episodes, then a really good way to support the podcast would be just pause right now, take a few seconds and leave a five-star review with a few kind words uh, sharing what you think of the podcast that will go a long way in helping grow the audience and get the message out to more people, which is really the intention. And what I'm trying to do is be of service to as many people by getting them to question the stories, uh, wake up to themselves and wake up to the miracle and the experience of life to the fullest. And if you're on that journey with me, please help support the podcast in that way. If this podcast resonates with you in any way, and you think it might have a positive impact on someone, you know, please send them a link, share the podcast with them. I love you all so much. And without further ado, here's the episode. Lisa, how are you doing?
0: I'm so good, Joe. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm so stoked to to drop in and have this conversation with you and really excited to Talk a lot about uh, van life because um, you definitely have lived a lifestyle uh, similar to the one I decided to live, and um, you know I haven't had a lot of people that have really. I don't think there is a lot of people. I mean, I guess the the community of that is growing, but it's really takes a lot of courage, and it's a really special experience that really for me and I'm sure for you has transformed your life in a lot of radical ways. Um, I know we first. I actually started just following you because I saw you on Instagram, you know, I was getting into the van life and I was following you from a distance for a while. And then we ended up connecting uh, for the first time, I think in Sedona last year, you're putting together a little documentary film thing on van life and you're traveling the country. And I'm excited to talk all about that and um, just the work that you're doing now and just really helping coach people through their own fears to get to a place to create a life that they want to live. So I'm really excited to have you on maybe share a little background of who you are and how you kind of got to where you're at. And then we can kind of dive in from there.
0: Yeah. Well, this is really great. Great to connect with you. Um, And I love that our stories are such an interesting parallel. Um, I also kind of see myself as someone who is all about reinvention. I, um, you know, was a lawyer, that's sort of my shtick. Like I was a lawyer and then I quit the corporate world and moved into a van. And I mean, it sounds really like a smooth story, but it was much more complex than that. Um, You know, I always really wanted to express myself creatively. I was always a creative person, but my parents had the stories that that was really dangerous to pursue acting and performing and art and so it was really um knocked out of me that that was a possibility and so I went to law school just because I was good at tests and I got into a good school and I just kind of followed that route and um and then I started doing interior design and then discovering van life and Moving into a van, and now I've had acting opportunities because I'm a lawyer who lives in a van. So it's kind of like this real roundabout way to finally start doing the thing that I wanted to do originally, (laughs) which was perform.
1: Mm, I love it. So let's let's take it back to when, like, why did you decide to be a lawyer? Why was that the thing? I'm sure there was something involved with the story of your parents and trying to. That's the thing that kind of called you to be successful in the the world that we live in of like needing to have a degree and showing up in the quote-unquote real world and being, you know, successful in society's standards. And then what was that journey like? Like How long did you do law? Did you actually practice? And what was that journey like of being like, this isn't for me, I want to create something else?
0: Yeah, you know, it's just, it's so fascinating how our so much of our lives is shaped by the ages of what happens between 6 and 10 or 6 and 12 you know and so my one mentor was my dad and he was a jewish immigrant his family was very poor and he really really valued traditional success and all he knew about was doctor or lawyer and so it was just like you know, you should be a lawyer because you seem smart. And, you know, there wasn't, I know a lot of women, so I'm in my mid thirties and I know a lot of women my age who were just really good at school and really good at tests and smart. And pretty much everyone says to you, Hey, you should be a lawyer. Like, Oh, you're really good at, at talking and arguing. You should be a lawyer. And, you know, it was never like you should be an entrepreneur or you should follow what you're passionate about. It was just like, this is the the successful thing that you can do as a female, because a lot of more women were doing law than business, really. And um, I just listened to it. Like, I, I didn't really know what else to do. I did psychology in undergrad, and I loved psychology, but I only thought about being a therapist. And I guess I didn't get the memo that by this day and age, there would be a billion jobs and opportunities and ways to make money that never existed before. So I thought I was choosing from like eight paths, you know, and I chose the one that I was told was going to be the most successful, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. So talk about the, the transition to, you know, from that point, like what came up for you to finally you know, move through that story? And then, you know, did you immediately like, I want to live in a van? Like, how did that come about?
0: Well, so my first year of law school, um, I went to University of Texas in Austin and they had a lot of lunch and learn classes. And I remember one time we got a packet of all these different types of careers and jobs that you could have if you want to be a lawyer. And I went through the packet and I remember Xing out every single one.
1: I, and nope, I was nope, like... Nope. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I got to the end of it. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. So then I went to a lunch and learned that was called Alternative Careers for Lawyers. And um, everyone in there was in the suit. Most of the people were talking about like nonprofits that you can work for. But there was one dude and he was in like a t-shirt and jeans and sunglasses. And he's all chill. And he's like, you know what? I'm an entrepreneur and I have these businesses and because I'm a lawyer and because I have that label, people give me money and they invest in me. And I was like, all right, I'm using the label.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. So you finished school, got the label. And then what was, what was the journey like of wanting to, to create and become an entrepreneur? What was that impetus?
0: Yeah, you know, um, so when I graduated law school, it was 2010, and it was a pretty crazy time for lawyers. The cliche thing is that you get um, this big firm job where you make $160,000 starting and, you know, you go down this very specific track of becoming, you know, different associates and then a partner. And a lot of the people that got those jobs ended up losing those jobs in 2010. And so there were a lot of nonprofit initiatives for people who had just graduated law school. And basically, I it was like, you could find a nonprofit and work for the nonprofit for free. And then the scholarship will pay you to donate your legal services. And so everybody was like going to legal nonprofits. And I approached the Austin Film Society nonprofit and I was like, hello, do you need a lawyer? Because I could be a free lawyer for you. And they were like, I don't really know if we need a lawyer. And I was like, yeah, you do. You do. (laughs) Because
1: everyone needs (laughs) a lawyer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so I ended up working for the Austin Film Society. And like kind of that was my first time creating a job. And once I realized like, oh, I actually can take the game, the rules of the game and then create my own path and tweak the rules, like, huh, I can create jobs. And that was like the first example of when I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it differently.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty big awakening, realizing that there's this, there's this system. And I think it's fascinating too. We'll talk about that, like becoming the creator of your reality and the lessons that you learn. But, you know, I find it fascinating that, you know, in our culture and society that the, the, the journey that we've created is like, you know, you go from high school to college and then you have to kind of pick a degree and um, basically figure out what you want to do with your life before like you ever actually have space to know what life is like. Like you just go through this thing and you have to figure it all out. And then by the time you graduate, it's like, all right, you get off into the real world and you need to get a good job. And it's this system that we've been programmed into where how can we expect 18, 19, 20 year old kids to figure out what they want out of life when they haven't experienced life at all. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the the total lie there as well is that you only get to live one life. And the truth of the matter is that you can do all of the things, you know, I mean, it's never too late to completely reinvent yourself. And Honestly, that's what life is about it is about constant reinvention. And I mean, I remember being in 8th grade and I wanted to join band, but I had moved to schools and I was one year behind everyone. And I remember being told like, "Oh, it's too late for you to learn an instrument because everyone's a year ahead of you." And I'm 12. You know, and it's like these lies, this, these these lies about like you can't start something at any point in time, that's what really holds us back. And so that's something I'm constantly trying to fight against and remind myself, like, it's not too late to follow your dreams.
1: Mm. And so where did those, those dreams lead you? So you, you got the the job at the, the the film, the Austin film society, where does the van life kind of pick up in this story? And what was the, the vision of that? And how did was there any kind of challenge or resistance to to going into that alternative lifestyle? And then how did it kind of transform and evolve while you were on the road?
0: Well, I think, you know, I realized pretty quickly I needed to have a creative outlet and I was able to realize that um, interior design and renovating houses was a creative outlet that would make money. And so I started doing that and that, was really amazing. That was kind of how I left the legal career was starting to renovate houses and invest in properties. And then, you know, my, that was really driven by a love for tiny homes and Airstream trailers and alternative living. And then once I realized, like that there were young, hip, sexy people and these awesome little condos on wheels, Living this life where you're in a tiny home, but it's moving around and you're traveling. That's when I was like, oh, whoa, this is a possibility. Like, I had no idea it existed before looking on Instagram and seeing vans, honestly.
1: Mm. Yeah. I want to talk about Instagram and social media because I know you've created a, a really amazing following, a community. And I very much was on the path, but before I hit the road, I was like, this is an opportunity to kind of share my journey with people. And I had a lot of resistance to. You know, putting myself out there and just you know, even like creating content is such a it takes a lot of energy to not only create content when you're on the road, but engage with community and build that following. And so, you know, I'd love to get your perspective on you know this the social media side, like growing that audience. And do you find any challenges with keeping up to that? Because I came to a point where you know I was making YouTube videos and I was putting a lot of energy and effort into it, and I was sharing my journey on Instagram and I came to a point where I was traveling, and the, the YouTube videos were just taking so much. And I, I, I noticed within myself, like, what's the intention behind this? Do I want to become like a quote-unquote YouTube influencer, or am I doing this just kind of as a creative outlet and for fun? And it became like I, I had to show up for the community that I built because they're they're kind of almost expecting it. I know this is my own internal story as well of like showing up and creating for them, but it, it does create this challenge to navigate because. For me, while I was on my trip, I was constantly thinking about, okay, how can I share this with my audience? And it does take you out of the presence of being in the journey as well. And just talk about how you found balance through that. And do you face any challenges being kind of the quote unquote influencer in the, the band life community?
0: Yeah. What a weird, what a weird thing. um you know there's so many complicated feelings with social media and I think that everybody feels those feelings whether you have you know a hundred of your friends following you or a hundred thousand people watching I think that it's this really weird relationship um I started out really focusing on social media because the I was going to rent out vans and part of a business and so for me and let me pause because you might hear the um this is like the famous street noise of Mexico City this is a recording you hear all day every day it's when it's this like it's this ridiculous recording about like people selling their old washing machines that's like famous and there's a little like remix on YouTube of this like voice
1: but <laughs> I don't. I don't hear it, but I would love for you to send us a link of that video so people can. Hear it.
0: I will. I will. If anyone's in Mexico, everyone in Mexico City knows it. I'll also send it to you. So I'm glad you didn't hear it. I'll, I'll start over. <laughs> um, yeah, social media. Whew. Um, I mean, it's the best thing that's happened to me in my life, and it sometimes feels like the worst thing that's happened to me in my life. Um, I. I mean, I'm here because of social media. People are listening to my voice because of social media, and I'm able to show people a new way of thinking and living, thanks to social media. Um, and you know i i was always I was always bullied as a kid. I have a lot of social anxiety. I am, I know I may not seem like that, but I have a lot of like trauma from childhood. And so like I was never really cool. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, like people starting like to look at me and maybe like, whoa, like, am I cool now? And like, what does that mean? Like, do I am I but what if they find out that I'm not really that cool? And you know, and like brings cool up a lot
1: internally, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, it really brings up a lot internally. And then it's like, you know, it's this beautiful way of expressing yourself but then it's judged in such a linear way of numbers of people who just press a button. And that's not really what art is like. Art is supposed to affect us and make us think and feel, but it's not always supposed to be liked.
1: Mm. Yeah, I know. It's, It's such a fascinating topic, especially now because I feel the same way. Like it's, it's an opportunity for your voice to be heard. You can have a positive impact on people. But for me, like, Instagram's evolving into this thing that like, as a content creator, putting so much energy into a post and it's on someone's timeline and they just scroll by. And so they're not actually engaging with it in the way that we think they're pressing a double tap, like, or they're leaving a comment. And it almost to me, like the evolution of Instagram, and I'd love to get your perspective on this and where it's going. Cause even since, you know, in the last four or five years, it's like, there's these different ways people share. Like it definitely started as like within your friends and you kind of share what you're doing. And then it's kind of gone all the way full circle it's like everybody is kind of this personal coach and trying to share and and help people and share vulnerably and it's it's this evolution but it's like there's so much noise on there and i know it's like the algorithms give me the people that i follow and there's a whole thing with that as well but what i've noticed is like it's just it's 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 so much energy output for a creative and so i see so many people that you know especially growing up like it's it's almost like kids, you know, when, when you're younger, it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like a lawyer, like kids now, like most of them say, I want to be an influencer because it's affected and it is affecting our entire society and our culture. And it's just a, such a fascinating time to live because as a creator, I'm like, I, I feel almost like I need to show up because I have such, you know, experience and knowledge and I can really help shift people's perspective. But is that even a story keeping me kind of tied to this one thing? But that's what everybody's on. So you kind of need to show up for it. It's, it's really fascinating what we've created as a society and culture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, is an influencer even a thing? Like, does that even exist? Like, I'm going to be an influencer? Like, what, what does that even mean? You know, like, I'm, and that was kind of a funny thing was like, I had a lot of people be like, I'm going to get a van, I'm going to be an influencer, I'm going to get paid. And like, and it's just, I don't know, I I don't think that I could call myself an influencer without feeling like a total douchebag, honestly. (laughs) But I want to inspire people. And then it's like, and I have been paid by companies to post a picture. So it's like, I guess, you know, yeah, it's, It's a weird thing. And I personally, you know, I thought that at one point I was like, oh, well, maybe, okay, maybe this just can be about my life. And I just post about my life and it's about me. And that really didn't last very long because when you're just sharing about yourself and when it's about you, like that is the least fulfilling way to live your life. And so I realized that for me, like I'm able to post and share on social media when I feel like I'm educating people or entertaining people, or showing people something new, you know, making people question—and And that is very often not about my experience. It's not really about me. It's about the way I see the world. And it's about it's about you. You know, it's about the listener who wants to do these things and wants to be inspired. And as long as I'm in the place where I'm thinking about connecting with somebody else, with my truth, like then it feels it fills me up completely. Mm. But when it's about me, it sucks my soul,
1: yeah, totally. I love that just the the distinction there. And when we show up to be of service, it's it's a big part of of being human and really finding that thing that can fulfill you is how can you show up for something greater than yourself? Um, and you said something about getting people to question, right? And I think curiosity is. You know, I think it's that's really where wisdom kind of originates, is being able to be curious about your own stories and start questioning everything. And um, I think that's a big piece that's missing in our society and our culture. And we can kind of dive into why that is. But talk about, you know, getting people to question and how, why that's so important, especially nowadays with kind of what we're going through collectively.
0: Yeah, you know, I... I didn't realize that's what I was doing until I had a call with a follower who's in Israel. And, um, you know, I now I mentor people that follow me. I have this group and bring people together and help people kind of shift their perspectives about life. And I had a call with this one guy and he said, thank you for making me question things. And I just burst into tears because it was the best thing I'd ever heard in my entire life because I was just like, oh my God, if I have done that, then wow, like that is that is huge. That is the gift really is just to always be questioning things. And and you're right, like we don't do that very often. And the fact that I've done that once for somebody is is like such a gift, mm. honestly.
1: Yeah. It's everything. It's like, you know, even going and living an alternative lifestyle, it's almost, I never really, for me on my journey, and I don't know if you feel the same way, it was almost like, I feel called to go do this thing. So I'm going to go do it. And as I shared it, for people to kind of view it through the lens of me sharing it on social media and stuff, it does get people to question their reality. Because like society tells us what success looks like is go get the nine to five work until you're 65, save up money, get the house, the white picket fence, the family, be grounded in one place and just kind of live your life and it's almost like this runaway thing where we don't actually we aren't we aren't present with the life that we're experiencing and we feel like we need to work and rather than create a life that we want to live and so going out for me being on the road And traveling and living this alternative lifestyle, it allowed me to deepen my own questioning of reality and the program that our society has created of what success looks like, and being able to live the alternative lifestyle and and share that with people does just even just get them to reflect on their own lives and be like, wait, why, why am I not living it? And then these stories come up, and I've, I think it's fascinating that you know freedom is in our in our uh, in our country like one of the biggest you know, ideals, right? Like everybody's like, you know, we're free fight for my freedom. And what I've come to realize, you know, especially I'm sure you've heard, this is like traveling on the road in the van. A lot of people say, I wish I could do that, but right. And long list of excuses of why they can't. And, you know, for me, it was always like, I made a lot of money. I played in the NFL. So I was able to go kind of live this life. And because I, and this is coming from the the follower, like, because I didn't play in the NFL and make a lot of money, I can't, I don't have the option to go live that. And that's why I love talking to people like you that decided to go live this lifestyle, maybe not necessarily with this huge security blanket financially, like I had, but being able to create a life of opportunity because there is so much opportunity out there. And so I question: like, are people really free internally if they're trapped by the story of why they can't do something?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely, I feel you on that. And I think that those are our gifts to give. I mean, I have a lot of challenges in my life, but one of my challenges is not is, is, is not reinvention. It's not fear of reinvention. Mm-hmm. I moved a lot as a child. I always was changing. Things have always been moving and in flux for me. And so my gift to people is to show them that reinvention is possible and that, you know, this can be for you. And I think so many people, they limit themselves like, okay, look, we're all humans on this planet at the same time together. There is equal playing field here. Everyone who is alive right now could be someone that you connect with and learn from. There is no reason to think that you are limited in any sense of the word. And so when I first got in a van, I remember listening to podcasts with van lifers and looking at YouTube videos and being like, wow, those people, wow, like they're so amazing. They're doing all these things. They have this voice and they felt so far away, but then I just went out there and I met them. And then I hosted events with them. And then I became friends with them. And And I realized from that, like, no person experience, nothing is out of reach for you. You just have to go after it. And you just have to believe that that you can do it. Mm. And so we have that feeling of like, oh, it's on social media. And, you know, that's for them. This isn't for me, but like you are all, pl- you're all humans. You're all here. Like you can do it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really that the path is, is getting, continuing to get outside your comfort zone. Right. Cause that's where real growth happens. And I love the, the saying, and I've really kind of adopted this as one of my kind of you know, things moving forward is on the other side of fear lies freedom. And so going towards the thing that's scary, like you looking at those people, you, there's probably some limiting beliefs of like, oh, I can never do that. I can never be like that. And the next thing you know, you continue to push outside your comfort zone a little bit and you start connecting with those people and you realize like, oh my gosh, like w- look where I'm at. And then like, what else can I create, right? Right. So with the people that you're working with and, you know, you're sharing and you've been on this journey for a while now, what are some of the things to help maybe a listener that might be stuck in a life that they're trying to break out of or they feel like, man, I just want to create something and be, be happier, but I just feel stuck in where I'm at. How do you help navigate people through those inner journeys of, you know, those limiting beliefs or those, you know, not wanting to step outside their comfort and and, and, and how, how do you help them navigate through that?
0: Um, so there's a lot of inner work that, you know, obviously has to be done, but really the most helpful thing I think is to say, okay, so what's the first step? (laughs) And then, you know, and then usually people are like, okay, I guess the first step is, um, send this email to this possible like company or this person. And then it's like, okay, so. What's the resistance before taking this first one step? And I think that people they they get so intimidated by the big picture and I get it. And then they think of like the five steps that they have to take, and then they're intimidated by that, and I get it. And it's like, okay, so just do the one thing that actually is going to make a difference.
1: I think that is a big thing. Like people, like, okay, I'm not happy. I I have this dream of going and doing this thing, maybe like traveling the country in a van, but they they look at where they're at and they look what it would take to get there. They get overwhelmed. And so they just stay where they're at. And I love the process of breaking it down into small steps, right? Like for me, one of my biggest fears is public speaking, which is fascinating because I feel called to like share my message and be a public speaker. And so it's very much this like journey. And I truly believe that the thing that scares us the most or we have the most resistance to is kind of that's the compass of our life of what we need to head towards because on the other side of fear lies freedom right and if you want to actually experience freedom and becoming the the real creator of your life you have to go towards what scares you and realize those are just illusions and working through them and i love breaking it breaking it down into those smaller bite-sized things because then it, it makes it really accessible you know like someone's own resistance and it's like how can you take those baby steps and for me you know, the, the public speaking thing, like if I went from not speaking ever, because it, I'm definitely scared of it. Cause I had a, a trauma when I was in fourth grade, it was like humiliation. I was in front of the class, like, and I uncovering and healing all of that and working through it. But even now when I speak in front of people that, that, that energy comes up, but I'm able to reframe it. But if I would have gone from, having a deep fear of public speaking and then going and doing a Ted talk right away. Like that wouldn't have helped me. That would have probably blown me away. It would have froze and it would have just deepened the trauma. And so what I've done is like baby steps, like go speak at a high school in front of kids, these like low leverage situations to kind of just continue to build my confidence and my comfort zone and continue just to push it out a little bit. And it's the same thing you're talking about with this. It's like, how can we take baby steps? Like, What is something that scares you? Maybe, maybe you stay at home all the time. Maybe you go out to a a bar or a restaurant, like talk to some people. Right. And then like, see how that feels in your body. And then maybe go traveling for a weekend somewhere else in the country before you leave the country. And that, you know, talking about traveling, you, you love traveling. Every time I see you on Instagram, you're traveling all over the world. Um, have you always, you said you moved around a lot when you're younger, but I would love to kind of talk about the importance and impact that travel has had on your ability to open your mind and broaden your perspective on reality. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in this country, if you live in the same hometown and you're around the same people, the same environment, of course, you're going to have the same beliefs and it's going to be hard for you to question. Like for me, the first time I left the country, when I went to Costa Rica, when I was 24, it was like, like everything in my mind opened because I realized that there's this whole other way of living in just this other country. And these people are just, they're they're so happy and they're they're just living a different lifestyle. And like, but when I was in the U.S., I had like such a fear of the world and like what the world was like. And it's the story and narrative that's created. So talk about the importance of, of travel in your own life.
0: Yeah. Um, travel has been, has been huge for me and also just in the, in the ability to create my own path and my own journey, because, you know, when I was younger, we never traveled. My family didn't have money for travel. They chose not to spend money on travel. And so then, you know, when I wanted to study abroad in college, they were like, you can't afford that. There's no way. And I got creative and I found exchange programs that were the same price. And I found scholarships and I hustled and I, was able to make it happen. And that was another thing that really boosted my confidence of like, oh, I can do things that people say I can't. You know, there are ways that I can kind of twist the rules and make this work for me. And I think that traveling is the best way for somebody to get that taste of reinvention. We, um, we see ourselves based on our environment. We, you know, the people around us see us in a certain way. We're defined in a lot of ways by what is around us. And when you plop yourself into a completely different culture around the world, you have the ability to redefine yourself in so many different ways. And one thing I will say about fan life, and, you know, it's funny because you posted something about this, about your son, Luca, and about curiosity, and saying how like curiosity is less common, I guess, for adults. Mm. And I think that in van life, in van life mode, curiosity is what drives me. And I'm able to say, like, I'm able to be present in where I am and just look at the world with fresh eyes even though maybe I haven't left my hometown, I am not going somewhere because I'm already home. So I'm, I'm where I am right now. I have nowhere to go. And when you are just present, you, you see things that you never would have seen otherwise. And so you can, you can experience this travel and this reinvention, I think, just by being in a van and just changing your perspective.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that. I think the, the thing that really, and after like kind of unpacking that first experience, when I went to Costa Rica, I went there for 10 days with a couple of friends that have traveled a little bit. And it was my first time. And I remember like trying to, in my mind was trying to project what the experience was going to be like. We had, a, we had a hotel for the first two nights, we rented a car. And then like the rest of the eight days, we were, we were planning on traveling different places, but we didn't even have like accommodation. So I couldn't even look up where we were going. And it was fascinating witnessing my mind trying to create a story of what to expect. Right. And that's what we do. Like as humans, we want to create comfort. We want to know what to, what to expect tomorrow, a week from now. But when we do that, we're constantly living in the future. And so this one experience, it was so beautiful. Cause like as much as I tried to project what it was going to be like, it was just darkness. It was like a cloud of smoke was covering what it was going to be like. And so I was just got on the plane and it was like, there was this fear of the unknown coming up. But as I was there, for those 10 days, it was such a beautiful experience because I couldn't project a future. It it forced me to be more present. And that's the only option I had was I'm going to, I have to be present because I can't project what this is going to be like. So it was almost the first moment in my life that I was like really present for the entire experience. And then when I left there, I felt so refreshed and recharged and all this stuff. And, you know, you talk about presence and I talk about it a lot as well. It's how can we live life with more presence as the experience unfolds? And I think it's really important to change our environment so that we can experience what that presence actually feels like. And then when we fully realize we can bring that presence into our everyday reality. Right. And I think that's why even for me, like, you know, I was traveling for a while and then obviously I settled down. I have a place in Austin. I was there for the last six months before we came up here to Colorado and I felt very stagnant. My energy was like, I, it's fascinating when I was on the road, I, I felt like I was meeting so many people. Like it, I would just go into like a Whole Foods to get some food. And I felt like I was, just had this energy that was more open because I was on the road. And I found myself when I was grounded, I like my mind started getting in this routine and I'd go to the store because it was like an errand, get what I needed. And I just wasn't as open to the experience of life because I was just like always thinking, creating this routine. And so for me, I think one of the biggest gifts we can give ourselves is spontaneity, right? Like do something spontaneous that shakes you out of your routine so that you can be more present in the experience. And there's a lot of actual science around the physiological brain and creating new, new neural connections. And like, that's why travel is so important because it creates new neural connections in your brain, which actually helps broaden your perspective, right? So there's this physiological scientific evidence that these things we're talking about, not open, only open your mind, but actually create more connections within the brain. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did, you know, I did some experiments when I was on the road with saying yes. I did this thing called Yes Monday where I would say yes on Mondays and I, I let Instagram vote on where I went and what I did and I really gave up control. And, you know, I want people to know that that is not actually really in my character. Like that was very uncomfortable and it was done on purpose to get myself out of my comfort zone, to stop the narrative of like, I'm so busy. I have this thing I'm doing and I'm so important and I'm so busy. And this is my path, you know, and it was kind of like, actually, no, like, let's shake that up. Let's just be free to the experience. And I'm thinking about bringing that back because I stopped because it was hard. (laughs) I stopped because it was out of my comfort zone but you know what like that's why i should probably do it yeah. again you
1: know i know i love i love meeting people that's like once you go on this path of of growth and and realizing the experiences that you know saying yes and getting outside your comfort zone lead to it, it's almost like it becomes like a necessity cuz you you know like if you start playing it safe you get you get really like oh like this is this is not it like what else can make me uncomfortable i'm going to go out towards that And that's the beautiful thing about going on this journey is you continue to reach higher levels of awareness and freedom because you continue to realize what you're made of. And that's where growth occurs. And I want to dive into, you know, some of these unanswerable questions and your belief around, you know, God and spirituality and, you know, what that is like in your life. And is that something that you lean on and how would you kind of define your connection to that greater intelligence? And what is your belief system around that?
0: So I, um, I was never raised with any religion. My family was Jewish, but by the time I came around, everyone had kind of stopped. Um, my mom was spiritual, and so she was very much aligned with what everyone is aligned with now, except that it was in the 80s. And so she really didn't have a lot of other people that were into yoga and meditation and Abraham Hicks. And so, you know, I grew up with her, but then I also grew up with my dad saying that she was, you know, kooky, right? So it was this halfway of like seeing meditation and seeing this new connected to source. And then half of this, like, but what if that's all just a lie? And what if she's just, you know, believing in something that doesn't exist? And, and it was, that really has. Created conflict within me when it comes to spirituality and how I feel about spirituality. Um, I think that I'm ready for a more mystical journey. I know that you've had a lot of mystical journeys. I'm ready to dive into that a lot more. Um, both of my parents have died. And so thinking about like what is the meaning of life and what is a beautiful life is a really big challenge for me. That was really the question, is like what is a beautiful life? You know, my mom was so full of love and did everything for her children and everything for everyone around her and was such a wonderful being. But, you know, she was lonely and she died at 64 and now she's gone. And so, you know, was that a beautiful life? Was that a tragedy? What was that? You know, and the same thing with my dad. It's like, I don't, I really need to, I need to shed myself of the stories that I know so well. And get more into my body and connect with whatever the divine may be to find some of these answers.
1: Mm. So you're very much, very much on the journey. So so do you feel like there is a greater intelligence, some creator to this existence? You just haven't developed that, that personal connection just yet?
0: Well, I think I have a really hard time with the statement that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think I really want to believe that, but I've had a really hard time since my mom died, you know, because it's like, well, what the hell is the reason for that, you know, but I've learned a lot about um, trauma and the body and I'm on a path where I'm really learning a lot about disease and trauma and health and mindset And I see that she held so much trauma in her body and, you know, she died of breast cancer and I do understand how she didn't love herself and heal herself and how that may have resulted in her death. I mean, it definitely did because she didn't, she didn't get checked when she started having, you know, a bump in her breast. And that was fear, and that was because she was so used to denying, denying the pain, denying all these things, and so she's not here be- because of that, really. You know, we were stripped of so much time, and yeah, it's. I do think that there's something more out there, and I am ready to find out what it is. Mm.
1: That's beautiful. I love it. So what would you say in, in like, and how has this evolved and how do you think it's going to continue to evolve when I ask you the question, like, what is the purpose of life? Like, why are we here? Why do we have this human experience? Why are we these, you know, beings or, you know, animals or however you want to call it with the awareness of stories and the ability to create like we are the creators in creation creating right when you tap into that that's a sort of awakening to the reality that we have direct relationship and the ability to interact with our reality in a way that you know no other kind of living being on this planet has the ability to so that makes us these you know almost spiritual beings right and there is some kind of energy that is at play that's connecting all of us so what is, what is your idea of like, why are we here? What's the purpose of life in your mind?
0: You know, I feel like we're evolving really quickly. I feel like more and more of us are becoming aware of our awareness and our ability to shape everything around us. And, you know, I was really raised thinking that life had to be hard and that it was supposed to be difficult and hard and hard work and so everyone around me always is like working hard and doing hard and, you know but having a, a difficult time and I think right now I'm starting to realize like actually you can want what you already have and you might be able to just have a good time and that might be okay <laughs> Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm literally, like, waking up every day. I'm like, wait, I think, am, am I living my dream? And is that okay? Mm. You know, and I'm so used to those stories where I'm like, no, it's not okay. And you know what? what Maybe you're an imposter. And maybe this isn't, this isn't what you think it is. And this should be harder. And this should be taken from you. Like, but then I quiet those thoughts when I'm like, well, wait a second, like, this is beautiful and and maybe this is safe and it is okay to feel good all the time. So I'm just now realizing that it might be okay to be happy and to have love and to share that. And I guess I'm just confused as to why nobody was ever doing this before. Like why generations of my family was struggling and so, you know, like fighting and unhappy and challenge. And I'm like, well, wait a second, was this an option?
1: <laughs> I love that so much. And it, I think that comes down to, you know, everybody talks about these, these healing journeys, right. And like healing our own past traumas and these stories of telling us why we can't be happier, what success looks like, or how to find happiness in this old way of being and I think that's what this this collective or ancestral trauma people talk about is you think back on, you know, generation, two generations, three generations ago, and the world that they grew up in and had to navigate through, you know, just thinking back to like the world wars. Like, can you imagine what that must have been like? The whole world's at war, this apocalyptic times. Like, and then, you know, the back end of that, having to, to navigate reality and it's, they just, our parents and their parents lived in different circumstances. And we have this ability and and this is a really beautiful time. And that's why I always say, like, I remind myself, my whole gratitude practice is I I tell myself what a time to be alive, right? Where we have the opportunity to create the world that we want to live in. There's so much opportunity to make an income being creative. And it's, it's never been like this ever. And that creates a little bit of challenges. But once you start waking up to it, I think we do have this beautiful opportunity now to raise our awareness, to start interacting with reality in a way that is loving and kind and being able to enjoy the experience of life without it being so hard. And I know I look at my parents and you know, their parents, that stuff's just been passed down, right? It's the stories. And until you start questioning those stories, like we talked about earlier, it's hard to really wake up out of that. And we have this beautiful opportunity now to wake up to these stories because of the technology, technological advances and the ability to create the life that we want. And so I think part of the healing journey is questioning those stories. And maybe there hasn't been a time where we've been able to live in the way that we do. Um, yeah, I definitely yeah. resonate with that a lot. Yeah,
0: you know, I think if when you think about like, you know, the purpose of life, I think, to just share love and joy, to help people. And it's interesting because that kind of takes us back to the social media and the influencer thing. And it's like, if my way of sharing love and joy and showing people that there's another possibility is by living my best life and sharing it, then how freaking lucky am I to be able to shine my light bright with no guilt and no fear because I'm only allowing others to
1: shine there. Mm, So beautiful. I love that too. And it's like the more people that wake up to living their life to the fullest and emanating that energy, it gives people permission to do the same and they start questioning theirs. And I truly believe that every single person that can step into that really makes, makes a difference. And it's really beautiful. And you know, one of the final questions I like to, to, to bring in, and we already discussed a little bit, and I know you've experienced this with, with your parents. Um, it's this idea of death. And I think, you know, for a long time, it's, there's this denial of death, right? It's a natural human thing. And it's a taboo thing in our society and culture to talk about death and the impermanence. And the more I've thought about it, and, you know, I think about death quite a bit because for me, it reminds me of the impermanence, that this is a finite experience, that one day I will be dead. And even when I bring that conversation up to some people, they get they get uncomfortable. They're like, well, let's not talk about that. Why would you think about dying? And for me, I think it's a very important conversation to start having with yourself because until you realize that this experience is impermanent and confront the fact that you're going to die someday, you're never going to really fully go after and live the life that you want. Cause you're going to be trying to, you're creating a story of living forever and it keeps you kind of small in your experience. But when there's this sense of urgency that, man, if I, if, if I wake up and say, wow, I could die a week from now. Or what if you knew, like, what if I knew like, okay, I have, you know, this thing that I know in a month from now I'm going to die. How much different would my life be over the next month if I didn't know that? And when you start realizing and thinking about these things, you realize, okay, I only have a certain number of weeks left. If I live a long life, I'm still only have a finite of experience. And then being in these young, healthy bodies, like this old paradigm of working until you're 65 so you can retire and finally enjoy life. It's like, that's, it's such a, a fallacy, right? And you know, why can't we create a life and intertwine work and life to create a life that we can live and enjoy and be present with as it unfolds? So talk about your experience with death and how maybe it's helped you, you know, connect with your life and living more fully and going after the things that make you uncomfortable and living your dream and showing up and more with more gratitude and joy and love.
0: Yeah. um, So when my mom died, I had just turned 30 and that was my first experience with death and that was the closest human being to me on the planet and that you know it's still obviously extremely traumatizing and on the flip side of it it also was a gift because it made me realize that I was on a path of 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 bullshit you know, like caring so much about following the rules and being liked and sitting in and, and, you know, doing what I was told I should be doing. And that was really when I shed the lawyer, you know, career and all of these cliche things. And I was like, you know, we are all going to die and it will be sooner than we think. And, you know, it's, it's really that is that is a gift because you're right it does make you realize that you're gonna die and so when you have that first experience in your life it really changes your life and it really shifts you and what I think is so interesting is that the whole collective consciousness let's say has now experienced that with COVID you know the death of the life that you were living and the death of the person that you thought you would be today right now like you are not that person you are different. And that really is a gift. That trauma, that experience, that is a gift because now we realize, like, you know, oh, I can always go to Columbia. Columbia will always be there for me. Oh, I can always go to this event. That'll always be there. Like, no, it won't. You know, nothing, maybe nothing will be there. Like, those things that we thought we could always rely on to do whenever we wanted to, now they actually have gone away and I just I hope that everyone takes that as a gift of realizing that you need to live your life now and you need a constant reminder every few years and hopefully it doesn't have to be a tragedy that forces you to remind yourself of that but you need to remember every every few years you need to shake yourself up and you need to think like you know if I died in a year like, am I living my best life? Like, what am I waiting for? what That's the thing is like, what am I waiting for? I feel like I often feel like I'm waiting for something to feel good. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to feel happy or feel good. I, I have to reach this goal or that's something I have to work towards. And, and I think realizing that you are your goal right now, like you are living and you are everything right here, right now, that is the gift. And then just realizing that you got to go after it.
1: Mm, I love it. Couldn't have said it better. Um, what do you think, what do you think happens when we die? You know, like if, if you died, have you ever thought about what's the afterworld like, or do we even have an awareness? Is there an aspect of ourselves that goes on to some other experience or is it just total darkness? Is it the end? Like what, what have, what are your beliefs around that?
0: I mean, of course, energy is never destroyed and never created. It always just is shifting and changing. Um, I've had hundreds of dreams where my mom has come to me, like hundreds of mom dreams in the last several years. Um, And so I do want to believe that there is this other world where we continue and I'm
1: not sure what I believe yet. <laughs> mm. Have you, uh, have you, I mean, I feel like uh, if you ever feel called and you want to experience 5-MeO-DMT, let me know. And uh, we can shift that around pretty quickly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. like that definitely, um, yeah, it, it will definitely create no longer a belief or a wandering, but a knowing that there is something that is transcendent of this human experience. And I mean, to this day, I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to articulate that for you, but it's when you experience something that is mystical or transcendent like that, it's, it very much turns into a knowing that I, I still have a lot of questions of what happens. Like, do we, do we go back up to source and to oneness and like, that's it. Or is there like levels? Do we still have the essence and personality of who we are that goes on you know, there's a lot of questions still for me, but on the deepest level, I know that there is something and it's really beautiful that you, you know, you connect with your mom in that way. You know, the dream space is definitely, you know, a lot of people might think it's just like, oh yeah, it's just some, you know, thing, but I truly believe it is a connection to these other realms. Like your awareness, your consciousness goes somewhere else in those moments and you're able to connect with other, you know, spirits or souls or however you want to label it. And so there is something bigger than just this you know, finite human experience, which I think for me, and that's why I love having this podcast and these conversation is, is trying to help people get curious about, it doesn't matter what the belief is because none of us really know there is, there is no, and that's, that's where faith comes in, right? If real faith is earned in real and, in, in, and it takes courage to go on a journey to realize like, okay, I have faith that there's something, but it's, it's not a, it's not a a fact like you can't ever define it or put it in a box, you know? And that's why I'm trying to, you know, open these conversations around. If you do have a very narrow dogmatic belief structure or ideology, it's like, do they really know? You're like attaching to something with such certainty because you have a fear of what if it's not true and I'm going to attach to this thing. And I think once you go on the journey and start shedding these layers, you realize oh, I don't know. And it allows you to sit in the mystery and awe of the experience and be more present with it. But you do know that there is something greater than the self. And I think that's an important place to get to. And I would love to take you on one of those journeys one time.
0: Uh, that is, Yeah, I feel very, very much called for that next journey. Like I think, you know, I've done a lot of travel and movement and that's been really great. And at a certain point in time, that can become a bit of a distraction. You know, you're so preoccupied with like, where am I going? What am I doing? Like this external existence. And that can kind of be a way to avoid the internal existence and journey. And so that's really where I'm starting to shift my energy is like, okay, but what is my body telling me? you know, and what is really, what am I really feeling here? And I want to go on some plant medicine journeys. And I want to do a lot of this, this exploration, I'm doing a lot of reading about body trauma. And, and I and healing and I feel like that is, that is the next biggest journey that I'm really excited to go on.
1: Awesome. I love it. And that, let's definitely, you know, connect off, off the podcast. And if you have any questions or need support or direction, I'm definitely pretty connected in that world now. And so I'd love to support you in any way that I, I can, um, we're coming up on the end and I want to make sure, um, you know, we were able to share, Uh, Where people can find you and stuff. And so if you're a premium member, stick around because we're going to do an extended episode with Lisa here and we're going to ask her what her secret to the universe is. Um, If you're not a premium member, go to the link in the show notes. It's just $7 a month and you'll get extra special content like this extended episode, plus other things that I'm creating, trying to offer um, some bonus material, one of those being uh, the ability to drop into a live podcast coming up in the future and just continuing to create those experiences, plus a couple solo cast uh, stuff. So, if you want to become a premium member and support this podcast financially, it's just $7 a month. You can do that and you'll get access to extended episodes. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support this podcast for free, an easy way to do that is to leave a five star review, uh, say something nice. Uh, leave a, leave a, leave a comment. And uh, if it does resonate with you and you think somebody that you know uh, might be positively impacted by this podcast, please share it with them. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you, connect with you? I know you got some, uh, some kind of mastermind programs to help people work through their internal resistance. Um, So go ahead and share that and plug whatever you're working on.
0: Instagram is always the best. That is like the day to day. That is my jam. That is my best friend (laughs) when I'm traveling solo, um, Lisa M Jacobs. And that is basically the best way to go. I mean, I've got all the other stuff too, but it's like, that's just, that's your point. That's the pinpoint, you know? Um, and I do mentorships. I started doing a group mentorship program. It's 12 weeks and it has been like the most amazing thing that I've, been a part of bringing together people who are helping each other unblock themselves and become digital nomads, create location independent lives, make money and and really successfully design the life that you want to live.
1: Yeah, I love it. Definitely go follow her on Instagram. She's a great follow and she provides a lot of wisdom and knowledge. And if you want to work with her directly, definitely reach out to her and check that out. Um, Lisa, thank you so much. And for those of you that um, are premium members, stick around for the extended episode.
0: Thanks, Joe.